It's Thursday, December 13th, 2018, and you're listening to Last Time on Video Games, the show about retro video games and sometimes some other stuff. You're listening to episode 246. Why did they change that? Runtime for this episode is 55 minutes. Welcome to Last Time on Video Games, the podcast that knows when it's having a good time. My name is Jeremy. There are four of us, but one of us is the ghost of a ghost. I'm Tyler. I still remember how to do this. My name is Zach. We played Euphoria the Saga this week. The game where there are four of us, but one of us is a ghost. One of us is a Godzilla. Yeah, also that. (laughs) Swimzilla. This game had a secondary title? I thought it was just Euphoria. Yep, Euphoria. But one of us is a ghost. (laughs) It took me a while to find it because it's spelled weird. It is, you yes. You picked it. I know, but when I was looking for it on uh, the shop, I thought it was spelled like euphoria, like the emotion. No, it's totally it is not. <laughs> no, not definitely not. That. I'm sure it's intended to sound like that on purpose, but nothing about this game is actually euphoric. Also, the subtitle of this game is The Saga. I forgot that it had a subtitle. I thought I said the subtitle on this very podcast. Now, I'm sure you did. Jeremy did. I was just, I forgot it existed. So speaking of things we forget exist, Zach, what have you been playing? I've been up to a fair bit. I played a bunch of MechWarrior Online. Um, I got called a coward, which was pretty funny. Nice. Nice. I in was, MechWarrior Online, I assume. Yes, in MechWarrior Online. It was like you were walking down the street and someone's like, you coward! No, that, that happens every so often, but that, that was not this time. I was hanging behind everybody because I had a mech that had a couple of LRM launchers on it and I didn't want to get in people's way, so I was lobbing LRMs over people. And then my team went after somebody else and apparently this guy died and was watching me and two people came up behind us. I didn't know there was only two of them. My buddy died, and then I peeked over the hill and saw there was a pristine vulture standing there, and I'm like, well, I'm not fighting that thing alone. I don't need to. And so he got all mad at me. He's like, you coward, it's a game. It's like, I don't have to charge that thing. I don't need to do it. I'm just going to go get my team, which is right over this hill over here, and go, you know, 12v1 his ass instead of actually just doing this on my own. So that game's still a lot of fun. They had the MechCon recently. If you play MechWare Online on the 27th, you got you actually get a fair bit of goodies if you get a match score of 50 or higher, which basically means oh, show up. They're giving away a free Hero Mech for the Warhammer 2C that's coming out and a free Hero Mech for the Corsair that's coming out. The only caveat to those is they're coming out in February and March because those mechs aren't actually out yet. But if you are to buy them for real money, which is all you can do at, at the moment, those two Hero Mechs are worth 15 bucks a piece. So they're basically giving away 30 bucks worth of crap. Yeah, that's not bad. Plus all the other like in-game goodies, like premium time and mech credits and, and C-bills that they're giving away just for playing one match on it. So if you have any, even a tangential interest in the game, it's worth checking out. Especially because I'll probably be online at that point, and you can hit me up for a couple of games. Yeah, so I do have a tangential interest in that game. I've just never actually bothered to try playing it. <laughs> the problem with that is, uh, at the moment, the game is, well... The game is dying. Like, it's running out of steam. People aren't real happy with it. But the game's been going for, like, six years or something like that. And I'm probably wrong on the time frame. It's been out for quite a while. So they did something right that it kept it out for so long. But, you know, games like that do peter out. And they do eventually run out of steam. So really quick segue. Speaking of games that may run out of steam, finally. So Payday 2 is still in active development. We, we used to play a ton of that game to the point where I think I have nearly 2,000 hours of it on my account. And they've been, like, kind of talking about maybe doing Payday 3 eventually. Starbreeze Studio Headquarters recently got raided by Interpol, I think. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, the CEO was accused of insider trading. So uh, that might be the end of Payday, finally. Okay, I thought Overkill had the rights to Payday, not Starbreeze. I don't know. It's very muddied. I think Overkill got the rights to Payday 2, and then Starbreeze still had the rights to Payday. I don't know how this worked. I don't know. Moral of the story, Starbreeze got raided. One of my favorite comments on it was uh, over 900 dead and counting. One of the hostiles got taken into custody, but will be released in 30 seconds on good behavior due to not having killed any civilians before the raid occurred. Okay, that is, that's pretty funny. <laughs> Other than, I haven't been playing a lot of Payday, although that game was a lot of fun. It's just really, really big, and that's why it's not on my computer. And so if I ever yep. want to actually play it, I'll have to take, you know, the five and half hours to download the thing again. I've been... At which point I will probably not want to play Payday anymore. Yeah, you got to predict I will want to play Payday in about a week. Because that's how long it'll probably take to download. Uh, I've been vaguely considering playing it again, though, especially since they've apparently made a ton of updates since the last time I played. So At the moment, I've got so much other stuff on my plate that I want to play and want to do. It's way at the bottom of the list, unfortunately, for that. Battletech actually recently released their first expansion called Flashpoint. Oh, nice. Honestly, I really enjoy it. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head if it's 20 or 30 bucks. If it's 30 bucks, I wouldn't say buy it unless you're already a big Battletech fan, because at that point you're buying the Flashpoint mission types and the uh, three new mechs, which are the Hatchet Man, the Crab, and the Cyclops. If you have, you know, if you like those mechs, which means you're probably a Battletech fan, because those aren't exactly, you know, well known or very popular in, in and of their own right. But I think the game is a lot of fun. One of the things that came out with the update was the career mode, which basically gives you your character or whichever created character you make and four random pilots and five mechs and just dumps you in a random spot in the inner sphere and says, go, good luck. Nice. That actually sounds like fun. I have it set up so that it's running Iron Man. And, uh, oh, I'm, yeah, perfect. I'm just barely managing to, to stay in the black and my pilots keep dying. I currently have two medium mechs. They're both of indicators. Because you start with a Vindicator, and that's your only medium mech. You do start with a Jenner, and pro tip from at least me, remove the SRM rack and buff its armor, make it from a Jenner D into a Jenner F, because you want survivability, get that missile weapon out of there. But the Zaku D had nuclear weapons, even if the Zaku F had better maneuver... Oh, wait. They do sound very similar, I can understand. The the Jenner F has better armor, but lacks the missile rack that the Jenner D has. And in a game like that, you don't want the explosive ammunition and you want the buffed armor because you have to fix it if it goes up. So really quick, let me go back just just to recap. You're saying that one of them is better padded, but the other one has a better rack? Neither of them have racks. Racks aren't in that game. Yeah, missile racks. You specifically said it had a better missile rack. (laughs) He's got you there, Chairman. (laughs) I guess so. I... No, when I'm at a ski rack, actually. When I think, when, when people mention racks, in Battletech, there are rotary autocannons, uh, usually referred to RACs. as racks. Yeah. But those aren't in this game because they're technology from, like, the 3060s. <laughs> also, to revise my joke, I meant to say councilman. I definitely said chairman, though. <laughs> anyway, um, that game's a lot of fun. It's pretty hard, though. Like, I'm not doing well. They revised the, the skill tree. So like Bulwark, which used to be if you stood still, it halved all incoming damage. They changed it and made it a lot more interesting. So now it gives a buff to like all terrain things that you're standing in. So if you're standing in woods, it gets that gets buffed. If you are guarded for whatever reason, that gets buffed. You know, instead of just flat, if you don't move, you take half damage, which it was an incredibly powerful skill, but also an incredibly boring skill. So, I mean, you got to take it for what it, what it is. But I'm having a lot of fun playing through that career mode, trying to stay afloat, having my pilots die left and right because it's like, well, this guy's mech has an orange center torso because the armor's been breached and he's probably 
in deep weeds, but I need his firepower on the field because the rest of the mech is fine. I'll have to take the chance. <laughs> the rest of the mech's fine. It's fine. Yeah, if they get cored out. You're left with that situation. Do I have him eject and guarantee to save the pilot or run the risk of the pilot dying because I still need the mech's firepower? And I've had it burn me a couple times. I had one guy survive the destruction of his mech, but he was on the bench in the medical bay for like 90 days. And that's currently where my character is, my character pilot, because they can't die. But if they get into a situation where another pilot would be killed, they have such a huge recovery time. They're out of action for a long time, so they lose a lot of experience points. How long is 90 days in game? Like, how many encounters would you experience over 90 days? Well, that's three months, so you're probably going to need to have at least three in order to pay off your bills. Do you have, like, constant upkeep costs over oh, yeah. time? Okay. Every month, there is a uh, there's an upkeep where you have to pay for stuff. So, you know, having more pilots, it is better off to have more pilots for when they get hurt, but you have to pay their contracts. So the more pilots you have, the more money they cost, which means the more missions you have to go on, which means the more you run the risk of having your mechs get damaged and have to pay to fix them, which also takes time. It's like Diaries of a Spaceport Janitor. I really like it. It doesn't have that standard game over. It's only game over if you go bankrupt. I think in the career mode, it's also like 1,200 days is the is the setting for it. You go 1,200 days, then you get a score at the end of it, as opposed to being truly endless. But honestly, I think it's a really fine balance. I mean, I was excited. I got a piece of a hatchet man in a mission. Unfortunately, I haven't gotten two other pieces yet. And I had to run away from that particular planet because all the missions were too hard and all my pilots were getting the crap kicked out of them. Because, yeah, that was uh, that was a bit rough. So are all your pilots max level yet? Or? No. Okay. Oh, God, no. That, uh, that might explain a lot of this. I'm really early on, so all I have, like I said, I've got the two medium mechs, both Vindicators, so they're on the lighter side of medium because they're both 45 tons. Then I have, like, three Jenners, a Firestarter, and a Spider. I think those are, like, all the mechs that I have out of the bay or that aren't in storage. Because you can only have a certain number of mechs out in your hangar bays, which have to be paid for to keep running and up. But the other ones go into storage, which if they're in storage, they have a lesser like upkeep fee or they don't have one at all. I can't remember off the top of my head. But it's an interesting way of doing that. So you can have all these mechs in storage, but it takes time to get them out and get them ready for action again. Which takes, you know, it takes time. So that goes into your tasks queue. So... I've had a couple of them where a couple of really bad missions. I just had like a laundry list of like eight mechs just all in <laughs> all in refit. You know, can't go out there without a gun, without any guns or anything like that on them. And that's how bad a couple of them came off. But you can mess with the settings, make the encounters harder, make you take more pieces of a mech to uh, salvage it. The base level is three, but you can increase it to, I think, eight. You can have it so that any mechs that you salvage don't come with any guns, or if they do, turn on Iron Man mode, which is what I did. It's a fun game. I really like the addition of it. There's two more expansions planned, but we don't know anything about them at the moment. Anything else, Zach? I finally had the opportunity to play some Overwatch with everybody since yeah, the last I've time we played. Yeah, I've been playing a lot of Overwatch since we played it. I'm sorry. Oh, man. No, it's good. Although I had the worst Overwatch game ever of all time, where I had gold eliminations with one. And gold objective time, which is three seconds, which I only had <laughs> because Roadhog pulled me onto the objective. <laughs> were you playing uh, with people or were you just No, I was playing, playing bots. Okay. We, we were in this horrible setup, but like the first person ran out there and I think everyone's well, was like, well, if this guy's here, I guess we, this is where we have to make our stand in the worst possible place. And the bots just like ran through us. Play of the game was Widowmaker sniped somebody. Wow. I like Overwatch, but it was it's a game that... I can get really frustrated in. I mean, we played a couple of games against real people with Ed. I think it was Ed, me, and Kevin. 
played, excuse me, against uh, humans in their like team deathmatch. It was like a four on four team deathmatch thing. And man, that was a game. I like it was one of those things where I was just sitting there going, "Team too heavy, team too heavy. I can't, I can't do this because you know it's a hard. It was pretty rough. The other team was better than we were. We're not that good at that game. You needed four burritos. Can't have four. Yeah, you can only have one of each. I do remember at one point playing a bot game where the uh, my entire team before they implemented that were playing Torbjorn. I love it. Were you on defense? Yes. Yeah. We were playing uh, the British alleyway one. I can't remember the title of it off the top of my head, which is kind of annoying because I I used I I know Kings Row. Kings Row. Thank you. We were playing Kings Row, so we just had all the Torbjorns and then the five turrets, or five or six turrets, just sitting there right at that choke point. You know, my favorite thing to do is play attack Torbjorn and go flank the enemy team. And just set up a turret so that whenever we push forward, suddenly there's a turret as we're pushing them back. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a fun game. Not really my bag in and of itself, but it's it's okay. It's it's definitely a fun game to play with friends, especially if you have them. If Ooh. you have friends. Well, if you have friends that play that game. Yeah, no, it's... I'm not sure it's a game I would play a whole lot by myself. Like, I used to play a lot of TF2 by myself, and this game is kind of similar in spirit, and I just... I just don't have the time. I was falling down that rabbit hole slowly, and I had to stop myself. Yeah. Like, I started playing it on my own. I was starting to have fun. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I played a little. <laughs> fun. Like, I played a little bit of it over the weekend, and, uh, like, yeah, I'm having fun. I'm earning me some loot boxes. I'm getting some neat stuff. I really like playing Ash. I mean, that's kind of nice. I really like playing Ash, but I have to avoid playing with Jason in that case, because we both really like playing Ash. Yeah, I got to play her a couple times, and she's fun. I like her. She's got a good concept. She's really versatile. Which I like, so... I think that's why me, me and Jason both really like her, too, is that she can do a lot and yeah. not feel like she's really bad at anything. I also played Zenyatta well for the first few times recently, and I I think he might be my new favorite character to play as, and I'm not sure what happened. He's a murder healer. Yeah, he's a very good murder healer. Mostly on the murder side, occasionally he heals. So if you have been playing a lot of, of uh, Overwatch, what else have you been doing? So I ignored Jeremy's advice and decided to advance the plot of Final Fantasy XV. Um, <laughs> and now you understand what a wise sage I am. I just, wow, <laughs> man, it just, wow. The ending's I, pretty good. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm, have you not gotten that far yet? No, I've not what, gotten that where, far. Have you gotten to the fight where you're a Super Saiyan? In the tag? Yes, I loved that. That <laughs> well, was great. That's great, except for all you do is hold square. It's hold square to murder this boss slowly. It took me a while to figure out because I was like warping around. There's the point before you go super, super prince. Yeah, I, and I actually like, you know, when you like first get down on that, like kind of balcony way and you have to run down to it. I yeah. got stuck there. The game glitched there and I had to start nice. the entire scene over from the beginning. And that almost Ow. killed me through Final Fantasy 15. Yep. It was I, trying to save me. Yeah, so as far as I can tell, that wouldn't have been too bad. Super loosened. Super loosened. I like the negotiation right before that. Yeah, no, that was great. Um, I apparently that won might her be the last good part of the game. I apparently won her absolute trust. I'm like, really, really, with those responses? What are you doing, Noctis? No, the very beginning of the fight with Leviathan. I was like, you know, they have all these like random things you can warp to, and like Leviathan tries to kill you as you jump around to them. I felt like I was winning that fight, and then all of a sudden it's like, no. Noctis is dead. I'm like, wait, what? And they're like, no, a cutscene's happening. Don't worry, bro. It totally doesn't break immersion right now. So. Oh, I was overleveled for the entire rest of the game. Yep. That's also what I've been finding, which I'm not like, honestly, I just want to blow through the story at this point. Yeah, so it's not a that's huge I issue. Doing. I think I am almost done wandering around the Imperial base, blasting things away with death spells okay, and so giant very gravity spells. I think so. Yeah. Yep. You got to this part where you're sad about Ignis. 
yet through that part. Yeah, you're, no. You're about to get to the part where you're sad about Prompto. Sad about Prompto? <laughs> I rescued him. Uh, okay. And he's all emo. Prompto oh. is really the one who's sad about Prompto. Yeah, but. no, that's right. I mean, I can't blame him, honestly. I suspect he was tortured, right? So, no, okay. So one comment I want to make now that we're here. Spoilers for like a, what, four, five-year-old guy? I think three. Three. 12, 12 year old game. Gladio is kind of a dick to yeah. Noctis. Yeah, like, I, we... I don't like. He, I felt that the yeah, the entire game. I don't like Gladio. Like I said, no, I, f- I felt I like, like it was... I get it. I feel like they just do too much of a job with it, right? What does he okay. just throw you under the bus at some point? No, um... he blames you for your friend going blind. So, w- which so is what happens? Your fault is you are like on a quest to make contracts with all these elder gods. That are basically like your standard Final Fantasy summons. And you show up in this port city and your long distance girlfriend, Fash Betrothed slash also Yuna, is waking up Leviathan. And she's like, you know, having a sweet dialogue with Leviathan. Meanwhile, the trial that they put you through is usually you have to beat them up. Is like, that's the thing. Um, but also the Imperial Army is there to try to kill Leviathan at the same time. Leviathan sees no problem with this. It just wants to eat everyone. Like you do. Yeah, so anyway, you're fighting Leviathan, doing the thing that you're supposed to be doing, and two of your bodyguard retinue basically stay behind to, like, take care of the Imperials while you're doing this. And one of them, this apparently gets revealed in one of the side story content things, puts on the ring of the Elder Gods bequeathed to your family line. It doesn't sit well with him, he goes blind, which kind of sucks for him. Uh, anyway, you resolve this, your girlfriend, spoilers dead, which is sad because I love this character and she's only on screen for like five minutes the entire game. Jeremy um, did warn you. Yeah, I know. I know. I remember this from the days of yore. So basically, you're on a train going to the next location and it, like Noctis, is it like being particular, like he's being kind of mopey because his dad died, his home city got destroyed, he's on a perilous journey His to, girlfriend died. His girlfriend got stabbed <laughs> and his, died. His girlfriend's brother's being a dick. Yeah, his his girlfriend. No, no, his girl. Iris isn't your girlfriend. No, she's your friend. Who no, is no, a girl I was talking that, about uh, Luna Freya's brother. Oh well, he's dead. It doesn't matter. Um, uh, yeah. Well, he gets his arm cut off, and then he pulls a sword out of his arm. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Um, moral of the story: a lot of bad stuff has happened to Noctis. Also, he's only nineteen. Cut the kid some slack. And Gladio is being passive aggressive, and then just aggressive aggressive later about the fact that. Noctis made Ignis go blind. I'm like, okay, dude signed up for a lifelong servitude to the royal family and signed up specifically to be your head chef slash tactical bodyguard advisor. Slash driver. Slash driver, slash chauffeur, yeah. Basically your butler? I guess he's just your butler, right? <laughs> so much. He's your he's, battle he's butler. He's excessively British, so. <laughs> <laughs> so he signed up to be your battle butler of his own volition. He knew what that entailed. He knew what he was getting into. He also volunteered for the suicide mission. Also, he's the least mopey of the entire group. Yeah, also after that. after going blind. Yeah, also because Ignis is just the best. He's awesome. Anyway, so Gladio's giving you a super hard time. I re- like Alex and I were like, so like the game's kind of trying to make us like take Gladio's side here, but he's just being a dick. Like, yeah, no, I never took Gladio's side. Like Noctis has gone through a lot and Gladio's just a dick. Well, especially if the guy volunteered to... Nobody knew what would, would happen if he used the ring, right? No, it's it's like an ancient artifact. No one's really used it for generations. So and uh, like spoilers for that DLC because I assume you're not going to play it. I no. didn't. There's actually an alternate ending in that DLC where you can be, have Ignis like take over everything. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, where he he becomes the new heir to I, I the. I think it goes bad because I, I haven't played it. So, but you can go with the canon ending where you take off the ring and go blind, or you can. Like, go all the way with it. 
<laughs> That's actually kind of fun. It's the only one that has an alternate ending. So probably because it's the biggest plot uh, development in that game that happens off screen. And that's saying something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Shiva dies before the game starts and they just casually bring it up in conversation. Like, wait, what? What? <laughs> also, you have a sweet boss fight, I guess. It's not a very hard boss fight. Well, you are overleveled. All the enemies are only, like, level 30. I don't know how I would have gotten here at a lower level. You could have not done all the optional content in the beginning of the game. You could have not played the fun part of the game, Tyler. Yeah, that's You could have just tried to rush through the story, and then you'd be... That was probably the intent, as they were basing it off of people who were doing either a minimal level of side questing or no side questing at all, because there are the people who just burn through the entire game. I think it's not the intent so much as they're like, we have to publish this game now. Oh, we only made a third of it. Um, <laughs> no side quest for the rest of the game. Let's just pack it in. Yeah, because there are clearly two other continents, and you visit each of them very, very briefly, and then just kind of move on with your life. Yeah, anyway, you have, like, a nice set-piece battle next to Shiva's corpse, which is actually kind of cool. Like, there's a lot of good set-pieces of, of this. Um, yeah, yeah. You, there's a nice outline of a story. Exactly. You can see where they were going to... Like, you can I see like, where they were going to put some story. I love the extremely cockney Biggs and Wedge. Uh, oh, that's yeah. fun. Extremely cockney Biggs and Wedge are great. They also have a good boss, though. So. Yeah, also that. Now, I'm trying to... I don't know. I don't know. It's... it's man it's yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah now you understand all of my talking about final fantasy 15 okay can we can we, i assume zach's never ever gonna play this game right probably so you don't, not you don't mind can we talk about the fact that demons are a zombie virus for a second uh, like i mean they're a magical zombie virus they're not like someone didn't make the d virus and unleash it on <laughs> that's actually not that unusual it kind of goes like attack on titan like there was a secret conspiracy like well kind of there's, like, a secret government organization that's been studying, like, these outbreak of demons, but also people have been mysteriously going missing, and it takes them nearly nine months to put together the fact that, oh, people are turning into demons, but demons are, like, a parasitic microbe that breaks down organic tissue, and they just, like, take shapes of, like, you know, squids or something, and during the daytime, any bright light just causes the cells to denature, so they just break apart, so during the daytime, they just, like, disperse and, like, hide under rocks and stuff. So at nighttime, they come out and, like, you know, try to gather more organic matter into themselves and make more of them. Uh, you know, up until the point when you started talking about microbes, I thought you were actually talking about Tales of Berseria. <laughs> it, it's a similar. I haven't played Berseria. There is I, a similar aspect to. to it about demons actually being people and how that all works out. You would probably really enjoy Berseria. You should probably check it out. I'm sh- Yeah, well, especially since it's, like, a quasi-prequel to Zestiria? So way in the future or way in the past of that one. But yeah, also in Cross Ange, dragons are people. Yes, dragons yeah, are aren't, people aren't dragons male. All, Kinda. All, no, I, I thought all men became dragons or something. Kinda. Yeah, you're on the right track. <laughs> okay. Well, I've mostly gleaned this in offhanded conversations with you guys. So no, uh, males are stuck as dragons. Yeah. Yeah. Why are they? Do they have to choose to transform into a dragon? And then they get stuck that way? Or? That's a fantastic question. <laughs> Is it ever addressed in the course of the show? No. Okay. <laughs> Poor Salia just wants a boyfriend and to be a magical girl. It's all she wants. The Poor, poor Salia. Poor Salia. Did I tell you about that amazing DLC level for Super Robot Wars X? That's the only good one where she blackmails you and Lelouch into role-playing with her. <laughs> I don't has to think... be the black prince to her I... and... You're her knight, and someone else gets dragged into it, too. And Lucia's like, no, if we break her fantasy, it could have long-lasting psychological issues. So we must play along. <laughs> oh, man, I, 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 that sounds fantastic. It's the only one that's good. I will but probably it, have to look that up, because I'm not going to... it's called Pretty 
Guardian Salia or something. I, I may look up a like a, a playthrough of it on YouTube or something like that because I don't want to go through the pain in the ass it would be to actually go out and buy the and DLC, buy the DLC yeah. for that because I have an account that's for Singapore, but that's not the right place for where I you, got. You physically are. Well, no, it, it's partly that and partly uh, the game is localized, I think, for Hong Kong. No, it's, I think, I can't remember. I think it is Singapore. No, I, I don't think it's Singapore. I think, I, um, I, I don't think, remember. I did it. I think Play Asia is in Hong Kong. I don't think it's Singapore. But it's a, the English version is a Singapore game. So I believe they buy the Singapore version. Maybe. I don't know. I'd have to. But, but it's been a while since I did that. Anyway, yes. And Lelouch is like, yes, I have a dark clearance, Lelouch. Yada, 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 yada. Uh, I'm looking forward to the next one. I'm a little afraid, but like at the same time, G Gundam. Why Cowboy Bebop? Cowboy Bebop. Wait, I'm sorry. Are they they're doing a new Cowboy Bebop? No, they're doing a new Super Robot Wars. Oh, featuring with... Cowboy Bebop. What? The series <laughs> making their debut include Cowboy Bebop, Captain Harlock, Magic Knight Ray Earth, and I can't remember what the last one is. I I know that one made sense, but like Gunning Sword. Uh, no, Gun Sword has been in it before. Oh, okay. It's not a. It's not a debut. It's something I'm looking forward to, but it's not a debut. Um. Okay. So there are no giant robots but in there are spaceships. No. So I'm like, like I really the only conformed unit is Spike ship. <laughs> no, like I'm really, really okay with just like the crew of the Bebop just being uh, in be this game. Like, just like Ed, the mission where you have to escort Ed to a computer. <laughs> well, it would make actually I would buy the the Bebop's probably in it with Jet. I and, hope it uh, is. Faye, and they're probably going Faye's to have they're probably going to be like running around there may not be very many of the actual ships because like nadia was in it and nadia has no ship no real ships or uh, robots in it but they have the entire cast just running around and nadia is like her love interest don't do anything they're just story props basically yeah no i'm okay with the crew of the bebop just being there and just like being things for the other people to interact with i'm okay with that i just That's had cool. a, i had a thought earlier today about like your covert op squad because jeremy was telling me about in one of the other ones where it's like we need to do something on that chip send domon and so and uh, Sosuke to yeah, deal with it there's a bit in <laughs> J where they're and they're just like yeah it's fine just we'll just have them beat everyone up over there so i just i just had a thought of what you would do in this one you'd use Domon, Spike, and uh, Vaughn from Gun X Sword to go do covert operations stuff because they can. Covert operations. In case the air quotes weren't obvious and my words just there, there were air quotes. Well, I mean, everybody's going to wonder why the guy's running around in a tuxedo. So, Vaughn Von was a tuxedo there in the entire series. I was just thinking that Domon is like the least stealthy person ever. I'm just excited to use the Sailor Venus gun again. Yes. Yeah, okay, so... At- Ed, wow, Jesus. Uh, Zach had this realization over Discord recently that the... What, what is the, the actual... It, it's the called Noble the Noble Gundam, Gundam, and it's spelled like Alfred Nobel. Okay, so... it's, it's from a, Sweden, the land of hot babes. That's yeah. why they have a hot babe Gundam. Yeah. It's <laughs> also a Viking Berserker Gundam, because That's... G Gundam is rad. <laughs> and all of, like, apparently all of their prototypes are all the other Sailor Scouts, which I thought was pretty bitchin'. But, like, and I, Venus was the ultimate combination always, of their technology. I'd always looked at it and called it the Sailor Moon Gundam, but I never knew how yeah, close I the, really it's was. It's got the long bob of hair. It's very clearly Sailor V. I just, I it's didn't put it together. It's more mask-like. I just, I was like, I just called it the Sailor Moon Gundam because I was joking. I didn't get it. Yeah, no, I just assumed it was a generic Sailor Scout. Um, no, it, it is Sailor V. Yeah, it's very clear. Like, when I actually looked at the picture and saw that thing, I was like, I am so dumb. See, I'm a person who's had a Sailor V action figure and a model kit of the Noble Gundam next to each other on your recommended <laughs> firm Amazon list for about a year now. So <laughs> That's pretty great. But I'm looking forward to that series, that, that game coming out. So anything else you've been playing, Tyler? Yeah, so really quick, um, 
Just a quick update on identity. I got to play a game as the hunter called Soul Weaver, who is an old lady in a giant, like, mechanical spider suit she made for herself. So you're playing Darth Maul, got it. Well. Sounds more like Mecha Baba Yaga. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like only her head is sticking out of the front and the rest of it is just like regular spider shaped. Her thing is that she can lay down webs and you just like hold the web button and like kind of look around as you're doing it. Usually you just want to put them in front of you as you're walking around. As you walk through them, you get you like launch yourself off of them and get a temporary speed boost. As the hunted walk through them, it marks them for you. And the more of the web they get on them, the slower they do anything. So I'm going to let you finish, but first I want to tell you about Spider's Man. Oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm familiar with Spider's Man. Are you familiar with Spider's Man, Zach? I don't know that I want to be. Okay, so you know the movie that's coming out, Edge of Spider-Verse, right? With a, a Spider-Man movie with different multiversal Spider-Mans. Okay. Loosely based on the current yeah. Spider-Man no, comic it's thing. It's loosely based on an old, like, like two years now, old comic where that happened. So of course, because comics are comics, they have to do a comic tie-in and make a sequel to that comic to go along with the movie where they've introduced a new version of Spider-Man from and throughout the multiverse, Spider's-Man, which is a mass of sapient spiders that ate Peter Parker and believe they are Peter Parker, but until also they walk no, around in the shape of Peter Parker under the Spider-Man costume to be Spider's-Man. They're also aware at the same time that they are a mass of spiders, so mostly they just want to eat everyone, but they, are, they all also collectively think they're Peter Parker. <laughs> I can't decide if this sounds rad as hell so or really, really stupid. Well, so what's funny is there's a version of Spider-Man wandering around who is the Green Goblin, but he became Spider-Man instead. And he's like now working against, at least in the comic, against the rest of the Spider's men. <laughs> I, I do know that that is incorrect, though, because Peter Parker is not a large creature and a uh, spider swarm is a large creature. That's right. Well, they're, they're forcing themselves into a compact space. So they could become a large creature. Swarms can, in fact, squeeze. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We're such nerds. I know. Uh, so so this Green Goblin, Green Goblin Spider-Man is like, you know, I think you guys are all going about this the wrong way. And so he suddenly becomes the antagonist, of course, because he was a Green Goblin. And he's like, hey, Spiders, man, you want to team up with it? Like, basically, he's complaining about this when he decides he's going to go rogue. And Spiders, man is there, too, I guess. And he's like, hey, Spiders, man, you want to do this with me? And he's like how many of them do I get to eat if I help you? And he's like, I don't, I don't know as many as you want, I guess. And he's like, I'm, I guess they're like, I'm in. We're in, I guess. Um, Kill it with fire. Uh, <laughs> oh no, it's great. Um, also, Spider Pig is canon in this. Uh, one of my favorite scenes, I is the upcoming movie the animated one? Yes. Yeah, so one of my favorite scenes from the trailer for this is they accidentally startle someone in their apartment and there's like five of them stuck to the roof all just like looking down at this person. And the person's, like, looking back up at them, and Spider-Pig is like, uh, do pigs talk in your universe? Because I don't really want to freak this person out at all. <laughs> and Gwen <laughs> just looks over at him like, what? <laughs> oh, from Spider-Gwen? Yeah. Yeah, so Spider-Gwen is a canonical Spider-Man in her universe that she came from, yes. She is the Spider-Man in this universe. So anyway, Spider-Baba Yaga. I just, I had to, I, I'm not surprised you know about Spider's Man, but I had to tell you <laughs> I forgot about Spider's Man. I forgot that's where we started. Yep, Spider-Baba Yaga. Um, actually, so really quick, also Spider-Cop from the headcanon of Peter Parker from the PS4 game <laughs> is a canon character in this comic well, event. Of course. Multiverse be weird, yo. We haven't seen him as a character yet, but there's like a picture of all the other Spider-Men they want to recruit, and it's just like, Spider-Man wearing one of those cop hats with a mustache sticking through the suit and a pair of those, like, uh, big black aviator shades. So <laughs> I am watching uh, 
Pattern Ranger versus Lupin Ranger. There are a whole bunch of police super sentai in that, so I can imagine. I'm sorry, is Lupin Ranger thieves? Yes. I think you've described this to me yes. before, so. Okay, so, Spider Baba Yaga. You lay down webs in front of you, so mostly you just, like, litter the map with webs as you walk around and, like, put them up in spots you think people are going to walk through. After you hit people a couple times, like, you unlock your terror abilities in this game by hitting people a few times, um, and they're, like, two stages which equate to four smacks of people. You get the ability to shoot webs like you're some sort of Spider-Man that have the same effect as having them walk through webs if you can manage to hit them. Like, they're kind of slow traveling, so it's a bit of a trick to aim them. Really, her cool thing, though, is that she can expend half of her web resource, which slowly regenerates over time, to bind someone up in a cocoon on the spot, and that's the same as putting them on a chair, which is equivalent of hooking them in Dead by Daylight. And you just leave them in a cocoon there. <laughs> and then you can just walk away. So you can just set up webbing all around them and have a delicious little trap. And I love the hunters in this game. They are so creative. Or the mind's eye, who's a survivor who's just blind and can occasionally tap her cane to the ground. Yeah, you've described her in the and, past. Yeah, daredevil style see things. There's a seer who gets an owl that he can use to protect people temporarily, but he can recharge his owls by watching this hunter do terrible things to people. So you just follow the hunter around, so like, while you're sitting there being massacred by the hunter, there's just a seer around the corner just staring at you, watching it happen. One of my favorite characters is just a quarterback. He just, like, actually, I think he's a rugby forward. He just tackles the hunter, and if he happens to be holding someone, then the hunter just, like, falls over, <laughs> and you release the survivor. I'm trying to think what any of the other interesting characters are. There's someone who just shoots a flare gun at the hunter's face. That's her power. She can only do it once. Oh no, there's a really cool one. Who was it? I can't even remember now. I don't know. There's a guy who becomes a Lilliputian by reading a book and becomes tiny and wanders around. I don't know. It's a good game, guys. I'm, I'm like really surprised how good this game is. So yeah, that's that's pretty much been it. What have you been up to, Jeremy? A lot of Overwatch, like I said. And then also Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. Are oh, we saving yeah. that for next week? Oh yeah. Um, You know, I've also played that during this time period, but maybe let's talk about it next week because okay. I feel like this has been going on a bit long. Yes. Uh, so really quick, who who have you been maining in the Overwatch? Uh, D.Va? Yeah, well, obviously. Correct choice. Or, or he, lacks, he lacks best D.Va skin. I do. I'm sad. Which one is it? Black Kitty. Cat D.Va? The one that I use? I don't He's think I know like this offhand. a schoolgirl costume and has a black mech. This sounds great. I don't think Very I've good. ever seen you play D.Va, actually. It's uh, I yeah, I remember specifically getting this costume, and you actually commented on the costume. So I mean, I, know I believe this happened. It. I just feel like almost every time I play with you, I also play with Ed, and Ed really likes D.Va, so he normally plays her. I also play a fair amount of Mercy, because no one wants to play healer. Oh, yeah, no, this is a great Mer skin. Mercy Mer is usually the one that I play when I'm playing a healer as well. And Mercy I've... is the character you play when you want your team to feel very, very heavy. You know what? I feel like I'm just terrible at Mercy, and I'm not sure if it's because my team is terrible or if I'm terrible. And um, I can't tell which. Call me, call yeah, me. that's fair. That's I fair. remember at one point I annoyed somebody who was healing because I kept requesting healing. <laughs> I'd get hurt, and I was like, I need healing. I can't heal you all the time. Well, maybe stop dying. Yeah, no, I think my problem is Mercy, actually, is I find myself on the front lines way too much. And, like, a lot of the other healers can take a little bit of punishment before they have to retreat, and Mercy just, like, immediately dies. So That is true. So she I, doesn't I, have the HP. I well, actually, I, it, I think her and Lucio have the same amount of HP, but, but Lucio is harder to hit. He also heals himself with his musics. Different thing there is I think Lucio's more difficult target, whereas... Yeah, he doesn't have the mobility he does. He's super mobile, and I've gotten pretty good at his roller skate up walls thing. He also has kind of a low profile because of the way he skates. Yeah. 
don't know. I'm just bad at Mercy, and I feel like I need to get better at Mercy. And the other thing about the Lucio thing is that Mercy has a big shoot me sign on her because of the fact that she's got the, the healing stream, whereas Lucio just has the ambient healing, and he's not as big of a uh, immediate shoot me in the face to murder me and murder my team as uh, Mercy has. I was trying to think who the other new support is. Uh, there isn't really a new support. Nah. There's the hamster ball. Yeah, no, he's not a support. No, he's, um, a he's a lot of fun. That one where we were playing against bots and Kevin was just tethered to that center region just going around in circles like the entire match. That was pretty it funny. It was surprisingly effective. Anyway. So yeah, that and Let's Go Pikachu, which we'll talk about next week. In the distant future. Although I'm curious, have you actually been playing in co-op mode? Yes. Okay. I have also not been first player, so man, there... <laughs> I just because I have two switching controllers, I just make jokes about man. If this game ever gets tough, I just have to turn on bully mode, <laughs> and everyone is screwed. Okay, we'll talk about that next time. Yes. I'm I have mixed feelings on this game, so it does not sound like the kind of Pokemon game or game that I would really enjoy. No, playing. it's not a talking to, to talking to Jeremy about it at work. All right. So speaking of games that aren't for Zach, this week we played Euphoria the Saga for the N Entertainment System. It's not the worst game I've ever picked. The entertainment system by Nintendo. Yes. Wait, so really quick. Are we going to go over the story? Did you have these characters' names written down? I because do they're not. They are pure gold. Although the in internet my... has returned to me, so I can... No, I've, I've got a Wikipedia page pulled up. I'm... Okay, please, Tyler, take it away. I have a little bit of a sore throat, so the more talking you do, the better. So the story of this game, as far as I can tell, is that there are, like, four friends of varying species who are all just, like, hanging out one day, and then, like, there's a hole in their backyard, and they go over to look for it, and all of the main character's friends fall down the hole. And he's like, well, I guess I gotta go save them. I think also someone tries to help and he, like, falls over. I don't know. There's, like, maybe some girl? I don't know. I don't know. The story's really weird. It doesn't matter. You get teleported to a parallel dimension. You play... You're Spider-Man. Yeah, you're Spider-Man. You play a weird, like, sk skater bro guy whose name is Bop Louie, <laughs> which is already... This Who is looks amazing. Like a yeah, a little bit. He's kind of your fastest character. Eventually, he gets the ability to, like, spider climb up walls. He also jumps good. Yeah, he, he also jumps pretty good. You get Freon Leon, whose name is misspelled multiple times over the course of the game, so I'm not sure what the correct spelling is. He's a Godzilla. He's a Godzilla. I just learned this in the Japanese version, and I don't know why they changed this. It was a female cat. With all the same powers, it still swam and stuff, but it was, it was a cat. I think... Why did they change this could be an episode title for this. Go on. <laughs> Why did they change this? So yeah, no, he can he can swim, and that's pretty much... He also doesn't lose traction on ice. Shades, whose Japanese name is incredible, is Suzeke, Sukezemon. He sounds like a damn Digimon. Yeah, he sounds like he's the final form of Renamon. Sukezemon. Anyway, they call him Shades. He's like a ghost who wears pink sunglasses. Uh, he's pretty cool. He's a cool ghost. He's Naps of Luke's cool cousin. He can jump higher than the other guy and float slowly. Um, also, he's Peach. He's Peach. Also, his special weapon, I love this when you unlock it. So you get special weapons that he can charge like a Mega Man charge beam. But his is he takes his sunglasses off, shoots his eyes out of a head in like a boomerang pattern, and then sucks them back into his head. <laughs> okay. It's <laughs> like, so you now have these ghost eye sockets. Have we mentioned this game is kind of weird? Um, <laughs> no, because you've been talking about the characters' names. Well, I mean, I feel like this should already be a pretty good impression that it's weird. So, the last character, and I'm really surprised they changed this guy, I just don't get it, is named Gil. He is an anglerfish who can basically, like, he swims underwater. He's bad at everything else. And he's half fire, half ice, right? Yeah. Also, he can, uh, 
burp bombs to blow up hidden walls. So his Japanese name was Jennifer, and he was a frog, but still male. Like Slippy. What? So, so the, okay, that's that's Euphoria the Saga, guys. So uh, it's a Metroidvania, as you may have guessed. <laughs> well, I did mention that he can blow up walls, so. Oh, it feels gods. a lot more like a standard platform than the other Metroidvanias we've played, but also it's a baby Metroidvania where they just kind of knew they wanted to put secrets and navigation and platformers, and wouldn't it be cool if it was all one big level? Apparently, this game, according to the original creator, was very heavily inspired by Master Blaster. I was going to say... That, that, guess, guess where we're going to start our comparison on the list? Yeah. That actually makes a lot of sense. Yep. You go through a couple generic fantasy theme zone. You start with grass zone. That becomes cave zone. That becomes icy cave zone. My problem with the navigation in this is mainly that you it doesn't feel like you have an attack initially because you have to specifically give the... Isn't it you have to press down when you're jumping? Yeah, I was going to say, the controls for this game are pretty awkward. They feel Mario at first. You don't have anything on B button. But if you, A, you jump, so like, oh, I'm going to jump on this guy. And then you get hurt. And you're like, why I get hurt? Guess I have to find a weapon or something. But no, you just have to hold down while you're jumping on someone to defeat them. Which is very awkward and unnecessary. And I don't understand why they did this in this game that is like five years post-Mario. Because, like, I jumped... I got hurt when I landed on the guy and went, I guess I can't hurt enemies by jumping on them and proceeded to play with the assumption that I couldn't do any damage to bad guys, which made things a lot more awkward because there are a couple of instances where it's pretty clear they expected you to be able to knock out the bad guys because there's almost no room to stand on the ledge they're on without killing them. Yep. So in addition to jumping and later you unlock attacks near the end game, you also sometimes when you jump on an enemy, they will turn into a ball which you can pick up with the B button and throw at enemies to defeat them. Which is nice, which is also the secret technique to beat bosses, which I'm sure we'll get to in a minute. But... Yeah, all of the boss battles are basically catch, although they're, I guess they're more like dodgeball, because you have to dodge when they throw the ball at you, grab the ball and throw it back at them. Although some of them actually don't throw the ball at you. Some of them you have to bump on their head, and then they vomit a ball, and then you throw it at them, and that's how you actually do damage. To be fair, I mean, at the very least with the... With with those, you can bounce the ball off the wall to deal damage to them if they're close enough to it, which I thought was kind of a neat, like, touch to it, because you don't need to necessarily hit them directly. If they're close enough to the wall, you can just bounce the ball at them. Yeah, my strategy became bouncing the ball off the wall because they have invincibility frames after they got hit, and that way I could just get into a nice rhythm of throwing at the ball. By the time it bounced back to them, their invincibility would be over, and yeah. I could more or less unlock them. Yeah, and usually you can time it so that they can, or that they just never pick up the ball again. So the first boss is actually your best friend. And you're like, hey, best friend, don't you remember me? And he's like, no, I don't know who you are. Go away or die. And so, of course, like a shonen anime, you beat him up and he becomes your friend again. Yeah, I mean, that's how that works. What I like about this, though, is that you beat him up and then your character's like, do you remember now? Like, what about this made you think that this would kind of make them remember? And he's like, okay, even better. Because shonen anime, Tyler. His net ability is memory punch. (laughs) It's... His quirk is that when he beats someone up, they remember everything perfectly. <laughs> well, that might actually be pretty useful. So after you beat them, not only is he like, do you remember? He's like, you are your name. You are good at climbing rocks or something. <laughs> well, that's for the player's benefit. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just really like it's like really clunky exposition. It's like, this character is good at this, and I'm going to do it by reminding you that you're good at like swimming. At-. But from my perspective, it's like, oh, yeah, this is your defining characteristic as a human that I know. Or I guess as a lizard man that I know. Yeah, slash kitty. A lizard man slash kitty. I don't understand why they changed that. Is you're really good at swimming and also walking on ice. (laughs) And that's your thing. I could not tell you. 
Tyler. Why they changed it, why they did anything. My favorite, though, is when he beat Shades and he's like, you can float real high, not, you know, you're a ghost or anything. <laughs> like, Well, he doesn't want to scare him. He might pass on to the afterlife. He might be like, yes, and now that I remember, my spirit is at rest. And he needs him to complete his quest. That's fair. So, as Tyler alluded to, all the characters have abilities. So, unlike other Metroidvanias where you unlock weapons and double jump boots, you unlock different characters. And you have to select them on the pause screen, kind of Mega Man style, to switch between them. Which is a little clunky, but not not the worst thing in the world. It's not the worst, but it definitely kind of doesn't have great feel. Especially later on, there are some parts where you have to use one character to freeze enemies in place, kind of Metroid Ice Beam style, then change to another character who can jump high enough to get on them. Yeah, but I mean, to be fair, this was on the NES, right? So we're not talking a whole host of buttons here. No, we're not. And I really do like this game's ambition, but it just really feels clunky. It feels like you're playing through a thick fog of Vaseline the entire time. Like, the controls are just a little unresponsive. Not terrible. Just a little unresponsive. The control choices are weird. Everything just feels a bit clunky, even though the ideas are all in place and pretty good. Yeah, like, one of the things I don't like, your abilities are scattered around the map in Treasure Chest. One of your abilities is have map. Yeah, I was going to say, and the map's pretty useful. It's even sort of a step up from Metroid. Because my complaint about Metroid, my only one, is you don't have a map. But once you get it, it just feels like you're... It almost feels like a walkthrough. It's yep. that complete a map. The additional pro, like, especially once you get the compass and can see where you are on the map. And it's basically just like, go collect all the things. And there's... Oh no, it's not big enough to really be a challenge to explore, honestly. The game's pretty short, all said and done. Like, if you know where you're going, you could probably beat it in about an hour, maybe. Also, it didn't really hold my interest once I kind of figured out what it was. It was like a surprise, like, oh, this game has all this going on. This has a lot of ideas in it, actually. But also, none of them are super well executed, so it's not really fun to play. Like, this definitely seems like something I would make as, like, a game jam or something. I mean, probably if I did a game jam, it would not be this complete. But, like, it almost feels unfinished. Like, they needed to do more with it. I'm well, just not sure what. I just feel like it was in those early NES days where, like, this is what we got. And, like, it's not the best, but it's a complete game, so let's sell it. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I have anything else in particular to say about it. And it's got pretty solid music. It's only got like four tracks, I think, but they use them all pretty well. They and, never really get stale. And you never really get lost. It's not as good as Metroid, but you do kind of run into an ice cave very quickly, realize I can't go this way, and then go the other way. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised with this game, given that I had never really heard of it. Like, the only time I'd even tangentially run across it is, like, looking at lists of games to call for the podcast. Which is how I ran across it. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever picked. It wasn't the worst thing I've ever played. It also was kind of mediocre, but I don't like platformers in general, and this kind of felt like that. It was a pleasant surprise. I don't know that I'm ever going to go back to it, though, so... I did go back to Uncharted Waters, which was also a pleasant surprise, so... I had full intentions of going back to this game after the brief instance i played it and got bored with it after i finished out or figured out how to fight the first boss and was like i kind of done with this because i didn't figure out how to attack the enemies but then it, i never ended up doing it because other things came up yeah it's perfectly fine but there was nothing about it that made me want to go back to it once i put it down like i could see myself loving this game if this is what i had on my nes as a kid exactly well, i mean this isn't the kind of game like playing city connection where if it's the only game you have you're never going to be a gamer you're never going to game again <laughs> so speaking of city connection we have a list at our website www.lastpodcast.com listing all the games we've played from best to worst at the bottom is city connection it's not a pleasant surprise at the top is chrono trigger it's pleasant but that's no surprise and in the middle is Kirby's Dreamland, which is actually pretty comparable to this, 
But as promised, I think we're going to start with Blaster Master, which it's not as good as, right? Yeah, I way prefer Blaster Master. It controls better. It's frankly got more interesting concepts. The level design is varied and kind of unique for any game still. As a wise man once said, Tank beats everything. So <laughs> not too far below Blaster Master, we have Metroid Zero Mission, which I also think it's much better. Even oh, I'm not, okay. You're, yeah. you're saying Zero Mission is better than Euphoria. Yes. yes, I agree. Is that the Game Boy one? Yeah. Game Boy Advance one. Yeah, it's a Game Boy remake of the original-ish. Mm, okay. Eh, but... Oh, it's a pretty eh game, which is why it's kind of pretty it's eh probably on better the list. Than so speaking of the Game Boy one, the next Metroidvania down the list is Metroid 2 The Return of Samus, which is the Game Boy one. Which I still think I prefer to this game. I not, would agree with that. Not substantially, like the level design is a bit better. I don't know that I have a solid opinion one way or the other, but you guys uh, both agree, so I don't know really if to make a decision. That's true. Like, oh no, this is getting starting to get to the territory where I think we're starting to get comparable, though. Yes. So at number 99, we have Kirby's Adventure, which I point out because I feel like it's a comparable era NES game. Although I still feel like Kirby's Adventure is a little better as well. Is that the one that you don't have any powers? Yeah. No, it's, no this is the one where you have powers. It's on the NES. Oh, this it's one. Okay. pink and colorful. And you have the copy ability. I believe it's the game that introduced the copy ability. Yep. Ah, I, um, I think the copy ability is far more interesting than the... Where he's still black and white on the cover because he had only been a Game Boy character until then and they didn't know what color to paint him. So, ah, yes, yes, yes. Despite the fact that he's pink in game. Yeah, okay, yeah. No, I, th I thought this was the Game Boy one. Yeah, no, Kirby's Adventure is definitely better. So I'm going to jump down a little bit of a ways to Ninja Gaiden, which is another huh. NES platformer. That one's pretty hard. I think I slightly prefer Ninja Gaiden. Because of its difficulty keeping me engaged, but I could definitely see either way on this one. Honestly, if it were me today, I think Ninja Gaiden would be a little higher on the list than it is now, so... I think I'd probably prefer Ninja Gaiden, but that's in part because this game doesn't tell you how to... Like, it doesn't do anything to tell you how to attack, because... Hold down? Like, yeah. the, why? It's also a little, like... Oh no, I actually kind of had a problem with... A, a similar problem to this game as Jeremy has with Kirby games, it's just like... A little too easy. I just kind of like lose track of attention, and that's when I screw up. And I think I've unfairly maligned Ninja Gaiden. I think it's actually got a little more going on for it than I gave it credit for. Not a whole lot. It's no Castlevania, but... So what about Ninja Gaiden 2, then? <laughs> Honestly, I think I prefer Euphoria to Ninja Gaiden 2. So they went not the direction I wanted them to. They went more cheap, cheap gotcha tactics in Ninja Gaiden 2. They already uh, had a lot of them. Honestly, for the same reasons I'd put it below Ninja Gaiden 1, I'd have to give it to Ninja Gaiden 2, so... That's legit. Like, I don't feel strongly one way or the other, so... I think I prefer this slightly to Ninja Gaiden 2, just because it's showing more ambition, and it feels like it could be the start of a good franchise, even though I don't think it was. Okay, that's a good point. So, dead middle between those two games is Blades of Steel. Oh, jeez. You know, I think I'd have to give it to this one, because the hockey game is, uh... Like, it's not bad. The sound clip is, is meme-worthy, not great, but the problem with it is, you know, you've only got half the screen on, and it's got the really awkward screen transition, and it's kind of weird and difficult to control. So yeah, I'd, I'd give it to a Euphoria over Blades of Steel. And I think I agree. Like, Blades of Steel is a pretty competent game. Honestly, that one was another pleasant surprise. I thought I was not expecting a whole lot from it, and it's surpassed my very low expectations. But I think I agree Euphoria's got a lot more going on. So how does it compare to the king of mediocre platformers, Mega Man 2 for Game Boy? Honestly, I think Mega Man wins. Barely, but I know they're both pretty mediocre. Zach is looking around like he's just stolen the Jade Condor. <laughs> <laughs> so, although, to be fair, to reuse an argument from earlier, Euphoria is definitely trying a whole lot more. I think Mega Man 2 still has a bit of polish, though. So. Yeah, and this game kind of feels... I want to hear Zach like... talk about it, but he's, he's going to cheat Damn. and not do it. I was hoping Jeremy would uh, 
would make an opinion would give an opinion i think the ambition in euphoria i think puts it a bit above Mega Man 2, which is basically just a port of a game that already exists and done poorly. I think I think Mega Man 2 is better. So are you in agreement with that, Tyler? Uh, you sounded like you were flipping. Yeah, and I'm like, oh no, I'm oscillating. Honestly, I think I'm going to give it to Euphoria now, arbitrarily. Honestly, it's just like there's a good concept here. It just needed a little more polish. So how does it compare to Contra 3 The Alien Wars? Poorly. Yeah, I think I agree with Zach. Like, I, Contra 3 is my least favorite Contra game so far, but it's still, I think, a better it's, game than Euphoria. It's fun. It's well executed. It controls well. So what about Star Wars Shadows of the Empire? God. We are yeah. in the bad spot of the list, bros. And that, think... that was the Doom clone, right? No. no. Shadows no. of the Empire Oh, this is, is the N64 one. Yeah, it's yes. the N64. Ah, oh, gee. I uh, probably had to go with Euphoria because, man... Shadows of the Empire was clunky AF. I have a guys. lot of fond memories of Shadows of the Empire, but trying to replay it, man, it was really difficult, really clunky. I think I agree with Tyler. So Euphoria of the Saga goes at number 121, above Star Wars Shadows of the Empire, and below Contra 3, The Alien Wars. I was trying to find out if this game actually had a sequel, and it looks like they just reuse characters? I can't, I can't tell. I don't think it ever had a direct sequel. But you know... I have no transition. Yeah. All, what are we also, playing next week, Tyler? <laughs> also, it's my turn to choose yeah. a game. Um, so I wanted to play this game for bloody ever. And it blood was, is the operative word. Yeah, blood is the operative word. We're and playing we, something out of the 40K universe? Almost. Almost. This is definitely a direct precursor. Um, it's said in the far distant past from there, though. I'm going to call Hitman, codename 47. I've heard good things about the Hitman franchise, but Me I don't too. think I've ever heard anything about the first one. You know, I've never heard anything about any of them other than that people like them. I'm like, I'm familiar with the premise. I've just never played one. The first Hitman is the first game with ragdoll physics. R the first game ever with, with ragdoll. ragdoll physics. I thought I did that not was know Half Life. That. No, Hitman predates Half Life and has ragdoll physics. Neat. Also, it has the distinction of having two games called Hitman Two. So now you have to say Hitman Two 2018. Thanks, you asshole. So next <laughs> time on Last Time, we're gonna kill some bald assholes. This has been a production of Last Time on Video Games, copyright 2018. All games, movies, and other media mentioned in this podcast are copyright their respective owners. If you wish to listen to more episodes, visit us at www.lasttimeonvideogames.com where you can see the entire archive. If you wish to get in contact with us, you can email us at ltovg at lasttimeonvideogames.com. This episode is over. Try listening to another one? Hello and welcome to Last Time on Video Games, the podcast that knows when it's having a good time. My name is Jeremy. There are four of us, but one of us is a ghost. Is your microphone on? No. <laughs> <laughs>